gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, November 11, 2019, episode number 37, broadcasting from our Best get shucking studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. <laughs> Nandy Gilly, it's a very grateful edition of Horror Faria. And we're very grateful. I was very grateful and appreciative to have Brad Ludwig here. Yes, Brad, welcome, my friend. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, what did you say your job was? I am a client website designer here do- at Midwest. And doer of things. And doer of things. <laughs> doer of things. Brad is a doer of many things. Exactly. Wears many hats. So, Andy, got any big plans for the weekend? I am going up north. I'm going to do some cross-country skiing up there because there's snow. Oh, look at you. Up there. Mr. Fit Guy over here. <laughs> Brad, yeah. you got big plans this weekend? Uh, no. Going to do some uh, martial arts with the boy. That's uh, that's the big plan. And uh, play some uh, Fallout 76. Brad what? streams that on I, Twitch, I, right? I stream that on YouTube. On YouTube. Okay, yep. Brad. What the is the boy. He uh, is an orange belt in Escrima, mm-hmm. uh, which is Filipino martial art, stick fighting. Yeah. Is Taekwondo Korean? Because I did Taekwondo that is bit. Korean. Yes, okay, I have a uh, for a little bit. This yes. weekend, I get to be the uh, do the adulting. I'm doing all the laundry because Karina's working all weekend, oh, so nice. I get to do everything: the dishes, paint, uh, restrip the house. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's too cold out here. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Right. Uh, horror movie news. Horror movie news. Uh, Eli Roth's history horror series renewed for a second season. Show streams on horror streaming service Shutter, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, first season featured a look at slashers, giallo, vampires, other creatures. It was pretty cool. Even if you think you already know a lot about horror, you got to check it out. So I'll be interested it, to see what season two has to offer. I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm okay with Eli Roth stuff, but actually the show is is entertaining. It's great. The show is fantastic. And I mean, it's if you're not a fan of Eli Roth, doesn't mean you can't be a fan of this. It's 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 really it's what it says. It's the history of horror, and it really gives a deep dive into uh, the history of the movies we love. Oh, so. agreed. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. This is gonna yeah. be fun. Remember the show Fantasy Island with Ricardo Montalban? The plane, boss. Yeah, the plane. yeah. Uh, so Bloomhouse re- reimagining this as a horror movie. Um, on the show, you got to live off your fantasy. You ended up like learning a lesson. I, I don't know if you guys ever watch that or not. Oh, yes. Yeah. As a child of the 70s, most certainly. Yep, yep. Um, so I, I do know. remember watching reruns of that. Um, yeah, there. it was like Love Boat. There was always a... A conflict, and at the yeah. end, the there the conflict would be resolved. I suppose. Yes, right? and there was a lesson to learn. I think if you're like, be careful what you wish for. I think was the, anyway. Looks like the lessons are a little more serious in this version. Um, Michael Pena appears to be taken over from Montalban as the host of the Titular Island, um, and I think you learn the lessons are a little more bloody that you learn this time. If this is uh, a show. A, uh, no, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. It's a it's okay. a movie okay. about uh, uh, based on the you know it's based on the same premise uh the t- trailer had like a woman who wanted to torture her uh her high school bully basically <laughs> and uh and, and she was like oh it's a hologram right it's a hologram right <laughs> <laughs> nope. so, um dr sleep which brad's here to talk about 
Uh, didn't really do very well at the box office, I heard. It anticipated $30 million opening only turned out uh, to gener- be generating about $14 million. Uh, movie's getting great reviews. Uh, seems to have everything going for it. Uh, one thing in its favor is a relatively cheap $45 million price tag, so it doesn't have a whole lot to make up. International added about $20 million, so it's already up to 34 right? So I wouldn't think they'd uh, need a whole lot more to make a profit on this movie. Has it been out two weeks or just one so far? Uh, this is the second week. It's okay. out, right, Brad? But it did come out October. Two or three. Yeah, because yeah. it came out uh, Well, it came out 30. for one one day in limited release oh, okay. uh, on October 30th. Oh, okay. And then it released widely last Thursday, so... Okay. Um, so, uh, and it was only in select theaters. Remember, it wasn't even here. They didn't, uh, Marcus had it, but they didn't have it in our Marcus theater. Uh. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of Blue Mouse, uh, with the uh, Fantasy Island thing, uh, they also, their, their Black Christmas, which I was kind of excited about, it's coming out in December here in a couple weeks. Um, Plagued by some odd decisions, uh, JoeBlow.com, which is a site uh, that has some horror movie news on it, uh, released uh, the first. They released a trailer that seemed to spoil any kind of surprise the movie could have. Now it appears they've gone for a PG-13 rating with it. No. Like, like it's actually going to get rated PG-13. It's already went through the process. That's what it's rated. Well, we're going to review the original 1974 yes. coming up mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. Didn't yeah. they remake it in like? 2006. Okay, so yeah. so pretty much early 2000s. Now they're re, yeah, they're remaking it, it in 2000. Remaking it again, um, and and I heard the two, the the remake, the previous remake was really bad. It was terrible. Yeah, it was a really, really bad movie, uh, and I wouldn't expect this one to be a whole lot better. Um, yeah. Um, so the, 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 one of the co-writers uh, went to Twitter, and this again was from the from the website JoeBlow.com. Uh, she explained how the film ended up with that rating. She said, "Here's the deal: we wrote it with an R in mind. When they did the test screenings, it was clear that the movie needed to be av- available to a younger f- female audience because the subject matter is timely. Also, I wanted to indoctrinate girls into horror. Doesn't make it any less vicious." is what uh, April Wolf, who's a co-writer on it, said. So trying to appeal to younger women with this, I guess, and went with PG-13, apparently, for some reason. I I don't know. Okay. All right. Lynn Shea says Insidious Chapter 5 may be coming out next year. Same website. Same website, Joe Blow, seemed to have all the news this week, did an interview uh, where she says there was no script yet, but she had an idea of what the story might, might be. If made, Insidious Chapter 5 would follow up 2018's Insidious colon The Last Key. This one's going to be called Insidious, the cash grab. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. So that's all the horror movie news for this week. Um, as we said, uh, Brad, uh, when you, you, you uh, go to a movie every Tuesday with your wife? Yeah, more often than not, we go on Tuesdays. Like a date night? It's our date night tradition. And uh, John and I hate going to the theater. Yeah, not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Brad, uh, so so our listeners have to wait for John and I to see this on video, but you went and saw Dr. Sleep. I did, and... uh, I'm going to actually do a real quick spoiler alert, just in case. Well, let's let's try to keep it spoiler-free. I'm going to try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. If we don't, then I... Said it. I'll, I'll, I'll give a I'll give a heads up if I'm going to do anything like that. Sure, sure. Uh, sounds good. The wife and I actually watched uh, the original Shining Monday night 
And then we went to see Dr. Sleep on Tuesday night. So just to kind of make sure everything was kind of fresh in our minds before we went. Um, The movie is definitely a continuation of Kubrick's film. Okay. So it's not a, they didn't like jump to the book and continue the book. Now, have you read the book? I have, not really. But while I was watching, while I was watching The Shining, I was kind of digging through and seeing some of the differences between the book The Shining and the movie The Shining, uh, and kind of did the same for Doctor Sleep, the book and the movie. Well, here's what I noticed, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to jump in. <laughs> um, both movies are long, right? Uh, like, because I know The Shining's about two hours and twenty minutes. Isn't this like two and a half hours? Two and a half, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like it though. There was there was a lot of action, which was was kind of cool. You know, if you see a Kubrick film, you're in for more heady fare. Sure. That's... Um, but in this, I mean, there's there's a lot of action. There's a lot of um, a lot of things going on. What are your What are your just overall impressions of it? Um, you know, Kubrick was always really big into the visuals, and it didn't feel like a Kubrick film and you know it really shouldn't and he took forever to to make the first film he actually delayed the making of raiders of the lost ark and one other film because he tied up the studio in london that he was using to make the film interesting and because he's stanley kubrick uh, he could do that but i don't understand why they wouldn't use the visuals because the cinematography to me made the shining yeah it, it well they did recycle bits or they tried to keep to the spirit of things so they like cast people that looked pretty similar to wendy to jack to danny young danny oh i see um and the uh the actress that played wendy didn't do a direct impression of shelly duvall's wendy but it was very true. I mean, she had the higher pitched voice and she was very frantic. So, I mean, it, it felt kind of the same. And that's really what the director said he was looking for when he was making the film. Gotcha. Um, he, they didn't, he didn't want to do anything like, you know, paste Jack Nicholson's face over an actor's face to try to, you know, continue, continue the thing. He so just, they, they didn't use a lot of CG when it came. It was the actual actors. It was the actual actors. Um, and they did, uh, like like the uh, helicopter shot that you see at the very beginning of The Shining that goes over the water and the little island and then yep. kind of takes the veer over towards the road. They do have that um, as a nod when a couple of the characters are traveling. So awesome shot in there. It's uh, yeah, absolutely beautiful. And, and that's my point. I mean, it's like the sim- yeah. cinematography of The Shining is, is gorgeous. Sure. I mean, and... You know, to pay homage to that is great, I think. By the way, the movie is two hours and 32 minutes. Right. Yeah. So what's what's the uh, general gist of the movie? What's, what's happening? It's, uh, you know, the uh, he's grown up and Danny's grown up. and uh, Yeah. Well, Danny, Danny was extremely traumatized by what happened. Go well, can figure. you imagine? <laughs> Your dad chops through the door with an axe. And, and yeah, yeah. you know, your setup <laughs> is Danny, Danny doesn't like having the ability to shine so he ended up trying to deaden it as much as he could with booze and drugs and whatnot so he had had kind of the same alcohol problem as father did. yeah okay. Okay. um but you know 
we don't know what caused his dad Jack to have that problem, but Danny was using it to try to mask himself basically and cut himself off as best he could okay. uh, from being able to shine. Um, we do find out that uh, Dick Halloran, um, Scatman Carruthers' character in the original Shining, uh, Dick does still talk to Danny even as he's older. Wow. From beyond the grave. From beyond yeah. the grave, okay. yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, and uh, the actor that they got to play him, Carl Lumley, I always remembered him from Fox's failed TV show, The Mantis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a terrific actor. And, you know, again, he wasn't trying to... I mean, Scatman Carruthers was just such a character, and he had a particular patter to his voice, and he doesn't try to do duplicate that. But he does feel kind of like Dick Halloran. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, I do. I absolutely mm-hmm. do. You know, the same mannerisms and stuff like that. So, yeah, I got it. Uh, he gives kind of the same weight to his speech that Scatman Carruthers does and lightens it up at the appropriate points as well, like he did. So, um, yeah, and essentially we find out that there is... There are more... It's not just Danny that shines. It wasn't just Dick that shines. There are other people in the world that shine. Okay. And there are monsters in the world that enjoy the shine. That try to feed off of the shine. Interesting. And we also kind of find out that... A little bit more about the hotel. And that's one of the things that Kubrick kind of pulled out of the movie they bring into this film like explaining a little bit of what shining is what it's all about how you know are there more people that shine how does it work uh and you also find out a little bit more about the hotel itself and it's a it's an entity i mean when you uh, in kubrick's film you find out that it was built on a burial ground which you know go figure um <laughs> But because of that energy there, it slowly started to try to build things up and build up more people. And um, the place was actually hungry for shining. It was hungry for the shine. So while Dick was there, he didn't shine as strongly as Danny. So when Danny was there, it completely woke up and went, I need some of that. And so that's, they explain that in this movie. Yes. And that was, that's actually a question I had for you because I thought that was very glanced over in the original film. You know, you didn't really hear, you didn't really, you didn't explain what the shining was well, yeah. hardly that's, at all. So that, that's, that's really. It. And you're absolutely right because the name of the movie was that. You find out right. that Danny has this shine and he has his friend Tony. Yeah. You know, and it's like his guardian angel or well, something. It's more of like a concept actually, in the film. No, it wasn't in really. The, a, yeah. In you, the, you never really explained it a whole lot. In the film, it felt like it was a. A name that he gave a thing that tried to help and guide him, but from what I, I was reading uh, in the book, it's actually future Danny talking to himself to get him to survive through this event. Interesting, because the I've shine heard that, con- that idea too. Yeah. yeah, the shine essentially allows you to see things in the past, the present, and the future at a different level. So he was able to kind of talk to his younger self. Mm-hmm. And Danny's middle name is actually Anthony. Tony. Ah. <laughs> so that's how that all kind of comes into play. So it's just more of an explanation of what happened. It is a direct sequel of the movie, not yes. the book. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Although it does kind of dig into a couple of, th- of the things in the book, but it doesn't contradict what was in the movie. 
You know, it builds upon what was there to kind of better explain things. Well, so, Stephen King actually said that, you know, this tied up the things that he disliked about the Kubrick film. Yeah. So. Yeah, he did make that point. Would you recommend the, uh, this film to fans of the first film? I, I would, uh, especially because it explains a lot of things. You really get to see how somebody who's been so brutally traumatized, <laughs> how they try to cope and how they try to come back from that. Because mm-hmm. um, it's very much Danny's journey of, it's like the hero's journey. You p- hear people talk about the hero's journey and the, the hero wins and then the hero gets totally, gets their ass handed to them at some point and then they come back. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is. I got you. Hmm. What about somebody that recognizes The Shining as being a classic, but not a big fan of it? <sighs> Andy and I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend seeing it just to tie it off because it doesn't feel like a cash grab. It doesn't feel like you're regurgitating anything in a bad fashion. There are a number of tips of the hat to the original film, mm-hmm. so it's treated with respect. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're not a huge fan, watch it when it comes out either digitally or on, on you know, in some other format. Uh yeah. Or go see it on a Tuesday night when it's $5 movie night. <laughs> it's $5 out here. Okay, so the so, way we do the ratings out, you have yep. any more questions? I'm sorry. Nope, that was, my, uh, that was my next question, rating one to yeah. five stars. Out of, out of five stars, what would you give it? I would give it I would give it two and a half to three. And the reason why, even though I enjoyed the story, there's something inherent about the way Kubrick used the camera and used film to make everything seem that much more vibrant and in your face. And this is more utilitarian. Do you, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it completes the story, but the visuals aren't as stunning as Kubrick's. Well, that's why he was so diligent about making yeah. that film because he, he was very, um, um, he meant to do different shots with different colors or different angles and that's why i say the cinematography is so gorgeous with the shining i agree and i completely agree with that could it be a product of where we are at now with movie making and cg i would say i would agree with that statement i you're you would never ever at this point have a director get an extra year to finish a movie that was supposed to be shot in like five months that just won't happen right um but at that day and age, Kubrick, he was he was the guy. And you gave him the time to make something visually stunning that people would come see. Well, yeah. And again, it's deliberate of what yeah. he did. You know? I mean, he actually made, he actually destroyed Shelley Duvall, like completely broke yeah. her down. Mm-hmm. And right. he made Scatman Carruthers cry. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Um, but just with doing all these takes and even Jack Nicholson told him, hey, dude, he's like 69. Lay off of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did stay away from the kid because he made the kid feel like he yes. was in a comedy. That's yes. Right. And it wasn't until he was like 17 that he realized that it was a horror film that he was in. Right. I don't th- And he didn't see the full no, film. No, he didn't until see he was the whole there. thing until he was 17 and went, oh, my God. Right. Okay. Right. Well, cool, man. We'll All land. Right. Let's say we'll just land on a three. Good, yeah, we'll, movie. we'll we'll give it a three. All right. Awesome. All right. All right. Cool. Well, another film you watched for us, <laughs> which we also partook in, uh, Into the Dark Pilgrim. Now, yeah. This is uh, actually a TV series. Into the Dark is actually a TV series from Hulu. Yeah. It's it's uh, Blumhouse is right. the, 
producer of this. So right. basically the idea is it's a series, but it's a mm-hmm. full-length movie, an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. Once a month they will come out and talk about a holiday. Exactly. So um, we yeah. recognize there's not a lot of thanksgiving themed horror movies (laughs) until this came up and andy brought this to my attention yeah so you know this is more of a movie than a tv show i think i i feel like the way this is edited and the the length of it it's not necessarily you know we 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 try to stay away from tv shows on this This is we don't do walking dead and stuff like that just to focus the the podcast but i felt this was acceptable uh because of, of the 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 fact that the end of the dark episodes are 80 minutes long and uh also yeah sticking with our thanksgiving theme for november <laughs> i thought we could call this a movie yeah and, and i thought that into the dark pilgrim was appropriate for the show yep i would call it a historic home invasion movie <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> here here is your synopsis a woman invites reenactors to produce an authentic first thanksgiving for her family and friends. However, things take an unexpected turn when the actors refuse to break character. Uh, yeah, I would say. This exactly. came out November 1st of mm-hmm. this year, so just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. on Hulu, Into the Dark series. The first one I've seen of these. Yeah, this is the first one I've seen. Now, I guess this is their second Thanksgiving episode, but uh, the first Thanksgiving episode from last year, because this is the second season of Into the Dark, I guess. Right. So the first Thanksgiving episode, Thanksgiving was more inconsequential to the story. It was just kind of in the background. Yes. Uh, where this, this is definitely a Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's uh, front and center. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's called Pilgrim for crying out loud. Yeah. It, it's a it's Bad a Thanksgiving Pilgrim. <laughs> so yeah, the movie starts out. We see a girl sitting at a dinner table. Her parents are having a fight, and her mom says she's leaving. So you know, there's a lot of times. Uh, in horror movies, I always pay attention to these first scenes or the credits, like the opening credits a lot of times give you a clue about what's going on in, in a movie. They so, do a little bit. Well, so it's usually important to really pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. Well, here's what I noticed about that, that first scene of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a little girl cause her feet aren't mm-hmm. hitting and they're mm-hmm. kind of waving back and forth and it's very muffled. And this happens throughout the movie. The conversations are muffled, almost like our main character is trying to, drown something out or repress a memory yeah yeah so it basically goes you know you get this muffled argument conversation thing Mm -hmm. going on and then it goes to present day right so flash forward a few years we we can imply that this is cody who's our main character yeah our main character character, african-american girl now living with her father uh, who we'd seen in the previous scene and he's got a new wife now uh and he she also has a brother now Yep, half brother. Um, yes, half brother. Um, now they are white, and she's African American. I don't know if that really relates to the story a whole lot, but it's something to say. I don't um, think so. No, I don't. I don't think it, it doesn't really come into play at all. But it's uh, it's it's something to uh, I think just be aware of uh, for for character reasons. Um, so she's playing hide and seek with her uh, brother. She seems to have a really good uh, relationship with her brother. She loves him. I mean, uh, she, yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Stepmother Anna, she maybe doesn't have as good a relationship with. No, not at all. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a little bit there. It's not, it, it, it's strained. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's a teenage yeah. girl. Um, her mom is nowhere to be found, and we'll right. talk about that later. We'll get into where the mom went or where she didn't go. Um, right. I, that, that first scene kind of set it up for me, and it was just kind of like, I wasn't really drawn into it because she talks about, okay, we're going to have these reenactors come to our house right. to, to experience what the first Thanksgiving was. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just uh, you know obviously Cody being a, a teenage girl is she college age? Yes, because no. oh, she because she, yeah, she, she, okay. she skipped because uh, she skipped and uh, the mom found out and she mentioned it and the dad says so, well, we're paying sixty five thousand. See, I thought it was I thought it was like a private high school that she was maybe going to. I, I, got, I got the, the idea thing. that she was in high school. I got still. the same thing, but I mean, yeah, I mean it could have been either way, but. It, you know, I, let's just I, I say for she, argument's sake that she's 17 years old. She goes yeah. to a private school sure. and she skipped class. She um, did. She skipped cause class because she, she's still at home. Right. Um, then there's the uh, the dad brings up, hey, here's the wishbone thing. So Cody and, and the brother's name is Tate. Yes. And they pull. So Cody gets the bigger side. She makes a wish quietly, but you can hear it on camera. She goes, I hope this doesn't go as planned or something yeah like i hope that. this backfires on you or something like that uh, talking about anna's uh inviting these historic reenactors over for uh for uh thanksgiving now uh i guess this is one of the themes maybe that they're trying to hit at and uh is maybe be careful what you wish for um yeah, we yeah. find out well they, they make it apparent later in the movie isn't that where the title sequence starts where it's like that that old yeah. style real uh yeah uh film and you hear all these you know the, this old style well i'm so thankful for this and i'm so thankful for that and then they have this flash of a new newspaper clipping and i don't know how if it had anything to do but it says family missing or killed or something like that yeah it was real quick i didn't rewind it because i was like okay right. maybe i, I just glossed over i kind of got the impression that that was like uh, foretelling you know maybe they had an actors in their home yep that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. what I. That's what I thought too. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I really do try to pay attention to that kind of stuff because you get a lot of clues about yeah. what what what's going on in the movie from that. So, and that was exactly what I thought there. I thought this was like a maybe previous incident uh, that, where people had invited these people into their home. So, uh, spoiler alert. That's what's. And by the way, now we're spoiling the whole movie. We're, okay. Here we go. You know, we're yep. talking. We're going to talk about this whole thing. So. <laughs> Uh, so there, then there's an, a uh, homeowners association meeting. Obviously, they, these people are like an upper middle class family and they, yes. they live in like a, you know, a, a community or whatever. So there's a homeowners uh, association meetings. Uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are basically there. That's exactly. <laughs> yep. It is Southern California because mm. it, this is Thanksgiving time. Everything mm -hmm. is green, sunny and warm because nobody's wearing a coat. They're all yep. wearing short sleeve shirts. And can I say something about the, the camera work in this? Sure. It was dizzying. Especially during this scene, because it was very shaky. It was almost like they couldn't get around people. Like there were so many people in just this one room that it felt like they just they you know you saw jerks in the camera. It, it almost felt like it was it was claustrophobic in there, and I kind of felt that maybe the the camera work was intentional in that uh, regard. I, I would agree, and I think what they were trying they were also trying to do like kind of a reality. I you know give you the idea of you know you're used to seeing this kind of stuff in, in, in re I think they were trying to give it some sort of base in reality by doing that, uh, make it look like a reality show. But I think maybe the claustrophobia of it too, because Cody definitely felt that she's, yeah. it's a stuffy place. There's these judgy people looking at you. And, uh, um, yeah, maybe that's what, and I, I guess I just didn't, that makes a lot of sense what you guys are saying. I mean, I just didn't pick it up and I, I kind of turned my head because I'm like, oh, man, this is making me nauseous <laughs> just watching this. <laughs> so I, don't, I didn't feel claustrophobic. I just felt yeah. like, oh, you know, this jerky camera motion. So it's, it's kind of implied here that the mother hosted the party to gain favor with the neighbors. And no one else in the family seems very happy to be involved. Not even no. Tate, who's usually a pretty, it seems like a pretty good uh <laughs> Usually, usually in a pretty good mood. So it was the younger brother. Uh, the mother is asked about the Thanksgiving plans, and she um, talks about the reenactors that she's having over. And yep. uh, 
you know, they, they do seem interested in that. Um, Cody goes and hides in the kitchen and some of these housewives, Beverly Hills come in yeah. and they just, they're talking very poorly about Anna. Yeah. Which is the stepmom. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, Cody actually knocks over, uh, the coffee pot and she's got to clean up right. the glass and she's, that's she's, right. Yeah, she's bent down cleaning that there, up. Yeah. And they come in and they just start talking with no, not aware that Cody's sitting right there. That she's there. there. Right. Exactly. And I, I wasn't quite sure what to think about that scene. I mean, is, is she, why, why was that in there? Is that to show her that, uh, Anna is in, Anna's, I, I didn't get really the purpose of that scene. It kind of felt like it was just the futility of the whole exercise. Like, you know, she wants to gain favor, but nobody there really likes her be. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no it's just pointless. Yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe that is exactly what it's for. Because I didn't feel like it gave Cody at that point a whole lot of uh, sympathy for her or anything. No. Um, so I, was, I wasn't sure what, what exactly was going on there. But then we see that Cody has a neighbor guy, Finn, who's her boyfriend, um, he comes over and she's he's talking to him about how awful this whole. Did you see uh, all the other moms is. in there when Finn came in the, in the room? Oh yeah, yeah. Hi. Like they're high. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> that was a little right. creepy to me. <laughs> that, well, yeah. I think it was. I think it was supposed to be. Again, yes. It's kind of the says something about uh, that uh, particular type of neighborhood. I guess <laughs> I don't know. A lot of um, <clears throat> cougars, I guess you could call them. Oh, that's right? exactly what yeah. they were. Yeah, Perhaps exactly. he cleans the pools in the area. That could be. I don't. He uh, he had the kid and play high top. Oh, yes, that was man. great. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so suddenly there's a knock at the door, mm-hmm. and a uh, man and woman dressed in what we think of as traditional pilgrim garb uh, show up. The hats, the buckle shoes, the whole white collar thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call that. Collar, white collar, garb. Yes, they're, they're, they're pilgrim uh, garb. Well, <laughs> Anna does not expect them yet, but they walk right in and and go right into the pilgrim thing. Yep. They're talking about uh, they're talking like like pilgrims. Well, the reason so. why we're here is because we want to get the preparations for the meal right. So mm-hmm. we've come a little bit early. We're introduced to the two main pilgrim characters, which right. is Patience. And Ethan. And Ethan, exactly. And that's when she springs it on her friend who's trying to quit smoking, Finn's mom, that, hey, I got somebody to do the Thanksgiving cooking for you. And she just looks like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is, is that, and, I, and maybe I didn't catch that either. That's why Patience went over to her house? Yes. Okay. So, so. Anna hooked it up so that she didn't, as a favor to her friend, to have somebody kind of deal with thanksgiving for her got it so that she can deal with her cravings and whatnot with trying to quit smoking yeah i wasn't sure what what patience was doing over there if she was had to be some for some reason separated from ethan or there wasn't enough bedrooms or what i didn't quite get that but uh so yeah she, she patience goes over to finn's mom's house i forget what her name I is i can't remember her name. Catherine, i think Catherine. yep um and then uh so uh, cody's family has dinner with ethan uh and he talks about gratefulness, how they've built a new life after they came over, and the never breaks on the Mayflower never breaks character. Uh, Cody is quite unimpressed with the grown man in the house pretending to be a pilgrim. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, so, and, and we just kind of see like her kind of disdain for this whole um, whole exercise, I guess. And well, and if Finn ends up coming over to Cody's room, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, earlier, because you had talked about them playing hide and seek. So at the, you know, right. at, at the beginning, yeah, that's right after they have dinner. They they play hide and seek, but then after the pilgrims come there, 
Um, Finn comes into Cody's room and she hears some stirring around. She thinks it's it's Tate playing uh, yeah. hide and seek again, but it's actually right. Ethan, the pilgrim, that's sitting in uh, laying on Tate's bed, very creepily talking about <laughs> this is what we did. And and you know, Cody goes loving her little brother and being protective is like, okay, Tate, you got to go to bed right now, and like right. insinuating Ethan get the heck out of there. Right. Now Finn was sneaking into her room, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, because she just left the door open, she was a real uh, nonchalant about leaving him in there. I thought, uh, and just just to make a point about the plot, when Finn's in there, they smoke some weed from a cross shaped tin. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got you know, well, like weed hidden this crucifix shaped uh, tin. Right. They, they've so. got they've got a vaping. It's a vaping yeah, pen. It's yeah. A yeah, they right. got it to, mm-hmm. to puff on their right, but it's shaped like a <laughs> shaped like a crucifix, just as a plot no, they point. Hide it in a crucifix. Yeah, hide it in a crucifix, uh, just as a plot point for the future. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yes, uh, she does find uh, Ethan in her little brother's room. Uh, tells Ethan or tells uh, Tate that it's time to go to bed, and then Ethan is like. Uh, I forget what exactly he says. He says something like, uh, oh, that is very true. Tis the time for slumber or something. Exactly. Cody is right. Tis the time for slumber. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of have an interaction out in the hall after he leaves Tate's room and talks about her mother had left on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Just just left left her be. Um, And he kind of relates that he had trauma on Thanksgiving too, so he can relate and how thankful you should be with everything that you actually do have. Rather, you yes, know. he does this, have. A, this is a recurring th- theme throughout. Yeah, exactly. be thankful, be appreciative of what you have. Exactly, and I think if they're trying to make a point, it, it they're, they're, that's the theme is is like gratitude and appreciation. Mm-hmm. He's very. <laughs> That that's really his big thing is gratitude and, and appreciation. He wants to get that through, and that's what this whole thing is supposed to be about, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go to Finn's house, uh, and his mother is talking to Patience and tells her uh, about her concerns about Finn. Never breaking character, uh, Patience uh, actually. Um, Finn's mom asks her about her theater experience. And again, uh, never breaking character patients tells her that Ethan had a cruel childhood, which gave him uh, appreciation for thanks and gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) And and patients has no idea what she means by theater. Uh, That is what is exactly. She acts like that. So she never breaks character to, and, and uh, we can talk about this in a after we're done uh, going through the plot, but um, what is she? She's also, what is that thing called? The, the ceramic thing where she's more, and pestle? More and pestle, yeah. Okay, so yeah, she's, crushing she's crushing something, something up. In the, yeah, like berries, or she's, she's making a she's, jam or something. Well, right? no, she was uh, making a, a, tea, a tea for her to deal with the cravings. Oh, that's right, yeah. Okay. Quote, unquote. Mm. I'm giving the air quotes to it. <laughs> that's you can right. see that on a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, they, they never break character, so you never really do get into what exactly is going on here. And I, I was telling John before, I kind of like that about this. You know, they don't like have this big backstory as to what, yeah. what the, who these people are, what they are. I didn't know if they were time travelers. I don't know if they were like, <laughs> yeah, demons like sort of summoned de- right, from demons. something, you know. Uh, it could just, be, you know. It's up to kind of our, and I liked that about it. You and know, it and also, too, because uh, who was it? Uh, Cody said that she went back to Facebook to try to find that ad 
because yes. that's how Anna found them, supposedly, is she found them through a Facebook ad and responded to it and got them to come. And Cody was going through Facebook and couldn't find it's the gone. ad. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that part, too. Yeah, you're right. It's like it, it, this didn't really exist or something. So, yeah, it could be like some kind of supernatural yeah. thing. It's kind of up to us to to figure it out, and and I liked that part about it. Like they did a good job of giving us enough information to, you know, you know, like we we've talked about this before, where it, it's like, well, they, you know, they really left us hanging there. That was lazy writing, mm-hmm. but I thought I liked the way they did that in well, in it, this. In some horror movies, I mean, it's either it goes the opposite end. They give yeah. you nothing, or they info or they dump just, on you. Yeah, the info exactly. You're yeah. just way like, too much, right? Um, like to me, in talking about leaving it to your imagination. Patience was was the most like robotic person, so oh, I would I would expect yeah. her to become a Terminator or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But she never did because she was, and we'll talk about what happened to her later. Um, right. Although I will say, never trust a woman who makes who churns butter that hard. <laughs> At all. That was butter, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. Red Bloody well, butter. Her, yeah. the, the blood was just pouring off of her hands. Was oh, that what that was? Okay, I got it. Wow. Yeah, because it was all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She was, she was she was because I had <laughs> thought it was something. We'll talk about that later, but. Um, so yeah, uh, back at let's see what happens at um, back at Cody's house. Ethan and Catherine are. are uh, I'm sorry, Ethan and Anna are replacing all the light bulbs with candles mm-hmm. to you know have a more authentic Thanksgiving experience. Candles and lanterns. Uh, Tate relates that they've gone berry picking. Uh, Tate nearly eats some poisoned berries that Ethan takes out of his hands. Now that right there. That moment where somebody in a, in a horror film, and it usually happens, is somebody goes, don't touch that. And that's exactly what happened there. And you're like, okay, that's coming up later on. Let's let's hold on to that. Hold on to that piece of info. That, that nugget's mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. So then Anna takes uh, Cody's cell phone as they are trying to fit in with the authenticity of the time period, uh, which Cody obviously is. I don't think any... Even I'm not happy about that when people take my cell phone. So, pay for it, man. In the backyard, then uh, next scene, uh, Ethan gives Tate a piece of candy. Well, Kate, Tate found a crow that was injured, like cut That's or right. something like that. Yes. Um, he tells Ethan, "Listen, I just wanted to bury because like Tate is like the good. Yeah, he's a very he's sweet the kid. protagonist, such a you know a fun right. living and and appreciates. Every, he was like." The, ex- the essence of what the movie was supposed to be about. So right. he wanted to bury this crow so the ants didn't get to him because obviously the crow was going to die. And then Ethan gives this, um, you know, pilgrim, another pilgrim story about the crow and the bird about the, you know, the crow had a hunk of meat that it was going to eat, but he found a bird that had a mouse and that bird got away, but the crow wanted the mouse and then came back and the meat was gone. That's right. And it's like, appreciate what you already have. And, you know, try to relate that, to Ethan or uh, to uh, Tate because he asked for another piece of candy because it was a, you know, was, appreciate the one piece you have. Right. But, you know, and I think that was the thing that Ethan really truly appreciated about Tate is he asked him, what's the lesson of the story? And Tate, he had it. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, you get it. All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to have to. And he looks up to the sky and he's like, well, I'm not going to have to work this hard with this one. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh boy, here and, it comes. And then he smashes the. Uh, and then he just stomps head. on the crow's head. With his, with, his, <laughs> with his gold buckle shoe, exactly. Yep. Um, all right, then uh, this is where uh, 
Tate finds Patience angrily churning butter in a bloody butter no, churn. That was Finn. Oh, oh, that was Finn. I'm sorry. Because yes. Finn went to. That's right. Finn. Mom. Finn is in. That's in his house. That's yep. right. Uh, finds Patience angrily churning butter in her uh, but butter churn, which uh, she is uh, so adamantly churning the butter that her hands are getting bloody and it's running down the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He gets jumped from behind <laughs> by another pilgrim. Yes, he does. So, so these mm-hmm. pilgrims are multiplying. Yes. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan begins building a shed in the backyard of the family, of uh, Cody's family, uh, teaching Tate about the Bible. Uh, Cody warns Ethan not to push his religion on Tate. And here's another theme we had. You know, the I, I see, and I thought this this is what this was going to be about, and I was afraid they were going to really hit our hit us over the head with you know the fact that the pilgrims are coming to the house, they don't leave. You know, they're they're building their own structures in the house, and suddenly they move in and are you know. Obviously, that's a you know uh, uh, allegory to the to what we the you know settlers did to uh, American Indians, right? Or I'm sorry, Native Americans. Um, and I thought that was really going to be they're going to hit us over. But it was very subtle. I thought they did a good job with that that you know um, aspect of. of it's like the, they give you a uh, quick sucker punch and then move on. Right. Yeah. So it, it basically, he's pushing his religion on Tate, and uh, Cody warns him not to do that. Uh, Ethan says he thought she was a proper Christian due to the crucifix she had in her drawer. So he so knew. Obviously, he's going through her stuff. stuff. He's snooping around yeah. in her stuff and uh, not giving her, you know, respect to, uh, to her things. And again, you know, it's kind of like what uh, the pilgrims ostensibly did to the Native Americans. So Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. And they, they keep breezing through it. And this is this is slowly building up because you're, you're starting to obviously Finn found his mom dead. Right. Uh, he, he's going to get the hell out of there. Uh, he gets knocked out or obviously killed later uh, by another pilgrim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another cutscene because obviously um, uh, Cody doesn't know what's going on over there, but she comes back home and there's more pilgrims. Like there's, there's, there's a couple like right. praying and, mm-hmm. you know, more people around. She goes up to his dad's, her dad's office and there's more guys in there. So they're smoking pipes. They're talking about their yeah. uh, get Fixing they're, the garage. They're talking about how he, they're going to move him into the garage, <laughs> make a nice place for him in the garage, which is, uh, you know, uh, again, a nice subtle uh, uh, hint of, yep. of, you know, of, of that theme of it. So it was, I was like, oh, I see what's going well, on. They're going to put a bar in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's going to be great. Yeah. You know? Here's your bag <laughs> of magic be, beans, Sonny. Be move along. The, be in the garage. It's going to be great. Uh, so then they begin preparing the Thanksgiving feast. Uh, Anna is bewildered by um, um, Catherine's behavior, uh, which, you know, she hasn't been around and stuff, I guess. Uh, the pilgrims blame that on not being happy with what she has. And uh, they say that Catherine should be seen as a warning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, patience comes with her bags and she, you know, basically Anna says, oh, well, she's going to be here because Catherine, that's right. Catherine that's right. and Finn uh, decided to take off. Uh, that's right. Stuff, you know, whatever. I a, you're right. I miss the scene. Patience is then at Cody's house. Yep. They say Finn's mom has gone off the wagon. Catherine's gone off the wagon. Patience doesn't feel safe anymore there uh, and that she will be moving in uh, uh, to Cody's house. And um, you saw the blood on the bags, right? No, no, I missed there's, that. There's, that. There's, some, there's some spattering of blood on there. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, Brad. You're, 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 I, I missed that part of it. But uh, 
Yeah, that's where that's where Anna starts kind of going. This ain't right. Yeah, right. she's starting to hear the the bells that Cody heard like about twenty minutes previous. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Cody goes to Tate's house, finds Finn dead in a closet. Yep. She runs back to the house, uh, and the pilgrims have put uh, Anna and Cody's dad, I forget what his name is. Shane. Shane, in in a stockade and are whipping and branding them for the unappreciation of what they have. Well, and before that, they were going to go to this, because they both go like, what is going on here? Mm Because they just have multiplied, and he's like, well, this just happened. So Mm -hmm. they said, uh, hey, do we need anything? Rosemary, okay, we're going to the store. Let me go get the kids, and we'll go get it. You That's know, because right. they're trying to get the hell out of there. That's right. And then you know, the next scene is them in what stockade. In the stockade. <laughs> yeah. So Shane's getting whipped, they're, and then um, they're going to brand Anna, Anna, Anna with yeah, the, because she uses the Lord's name in vain, <laughs> yep. and she gets, gets branded B with for B blasphemy. blasphemy. <laughs> yes, it was a B. I was I was wondering about that. That's a, for blasphemy. That makes sense now. Yep. Okay. Um. So they, uh, Cody runs home. She lets them out of the stockades. They kill a like the biggest pilgrim I've ever seen. The builder. Uh, yeah, the builder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they 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 actually kill them all together. And then uh, Cody's dad says, "Did we just murder as a family?" Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably one of the greatest lines in the movie. And everybody just takes it in stride, like, "Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep." So they realize they have to go in their house to get Tate, and they sneak in through the window. Dad gets his uh, hand stamp, stabbed by Ethan as he's uh, like using it to get into the window. He falls off the roof. Patience kills the dad with an axe. Yes. Uh, so they they tie up Anna and begin berating her for not appreciating what she has. Again, uh, Cody tells them to stop, and they tie her into a chair and dunk her uh, in this like old time torture that they yeah. really for did witches. to women. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, so, that, so they basically have built this contraption to dunk her. Right. Like it takes three guys to dunk her, and mm-hmm. then Ethan says, "Let her back up." And then as she's on the verge of drowning, lets her back up, and she's like. I appreciate, you know, yeah. and he could see it or he could hear it in her voice that she right. appreciates. All right. Yeah. So she she's thankful for everything that she has, including her life. And you're right. This is a real thing they actually did to women who, who they accused of being a witch until they could get them to admit that, that they were a witch. Yep. Right. So they, they she admits to being grateful. They make her work at preparing. Uh, Cody admits to being grateful and she's, you know, uh, kind of. Dis, like uh, distant at that point, not uh, yeah. you know, uh, obviously affected by this torture. The lack of oxygen took its toll, <laughs> right? For sure. Uh, so they make her work at preparing the Thanksgiving feast with Anna. Uh, Anna tries to get her to stop agreeing uh, with them, and they threaten to slit Anna's throat. And then uh, Cody stabs Patience through the hand into her head with an ice pick, right in the temple too. It just <laughs> exactly. it's like stapling papers together, <laughs> stuck. It was it was a pretty good uh, stabbing scene. Oh I, boy, I, that, I, that was a great stabbing scene. Yeah. And then also, uh, uh, Anna throws some sort of powder and lights it. Oh, the, it, yeah, oh, the flower. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a flower. That's it's right. It's like a flame ball. Yeah, yep. and it yeah, distracts everybody. Yeah. So you know that's how they try to make their escape. It doesn't work. Yeah. So they're at the feast. Um, Patience is sitting there with a bleeding head wound. Uh, I, I think you can actually take some wounds like that to the frontal lobe before you're really in trouble. So it's like that Phineas Gage thing, right? Yeah. Like maybe she's... Uh, Get the railroad tie through the forehead and still have yeah. lunch. <laughs> maybe later. she would want a party now. I don't yeah. know. But, <laughs> but, uh, she seemed to loosen up just yeah, a little maybe just bit a little after, after that. that. you know. Uh, uh, so during the feast, uh, Patience uh, is sitting there. Um, Ethan orders the rest of the uh, pilgrims uh, to bring out the feast and they bring out 
uh, like a, I don't know what these platters with yep, the cover two on it. platters. Uncover the platter and one is the dad's head. Yep. The Shane's head. Shane's head. They bring out the other one. It's his chest. And then they force feed parts of that to uh, at least Anna. And, and both. And Cody. Uh, both. Did Cody end up eating some of it too? Yeah. I wasn't sure about that. but uh, And the feast begins. Yes, exactly. And there's this interlude, which one of the best parts of the movie, there's this like evangelical choir singing about being grateful yeah. as the pilgrims feast on this dinner. <laughs> a little eerie. It, it was it was a creepy scene. And, and like the music just, it's one of these scenes where the music does not go with what What's going no. on on the screen, and it, Just it really the utter is. merriment of all the pilgrims, right? All feasting on this dead guy. Yeah, here's the here's the curveball for me is cannibalism. All of a sudden, became a part of this. <laughs> yes, you know, it's like it's not it's not about being thankful. It's about cannibalism, and I just want. <laughs> Wow! Did not expect. It. I was pleasantly surprised, though. I thought I thought it was kind of cool. So, yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was a great scene in the movie, and really a real dichotomy between that song and what's going on. Yeah, you know? exactly, right, exactly. The, right. You know, the the grateful song. It's it's by an evangelical choir, I, I believe, and then uh, you have this horror going on. It's really pretty great. Uh, so they're then, munching on cranberry sauce because yes. that's homemade cranberry sauce, yes. and they all are eating. All of the pilgrims are eating. Mm-hmm. It. So it turns out that Cody, uh, when she was preparing the meal, in mashed, state, yes, mashed state. some of the Jerusalem cherries into the feast the pilgrims have been the eating. ones. And the pilgrims have been eating these. So uh, they uh, begin spewing their meals and puking out blood uh, or cherries, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I, there's, they didn't eat that much. Yeah. <laughs> They were they were bleeding bleeding. internally. That's what it was because I mean it was just that I love the practical effect of that. It it reminded me of trick or treat. You know, that one scene with the kid Mm -hmm. and just wah and all of them were doing that. And that was I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. (laughs) It it was. Uh so during this chaos of everybody uh vomiting to death, Anna has a fight with patience where she hits patience with the dad's severed head (laughs) and then kills her by stabbing her through the neck with a wooden spoon. That was a wooden spoon she stabbed into her neck. which I that again I was pretty impressed by. Uh Cody then confronts Ethan, who's dying on the patio, about why he's done this. Oh, you know, you you missed the part where Patience leaves the table to go find Tate because nobody oh, that's knows right. where yeah. Tate is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's right. And, and then, then Patience Ethan call out to Patience. It's like release or something like that. Like, yeah. the, like the, an indication to gag herself. To oh, that's right. Yes, that. he did get say it out. that. Yeah, and uh-huh. she honks blood all over the door where Tate is hiding behind in this cabinet. That's right. That's and the right. blood is like trickling down, and Tate's like trying to hold it together while this blood is slowly <laughs> yeah, trickling he runs down. Out of there past yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so th- then, um, Cody confronts Ethan who's dying on the patio by the pool about why he did that. He says he's, uh, he, he says so that she'd be grateful mm-hmm. and reminds her that this is what she wished Wish for. for. Yep. And, so, she, and he's holding the, uh, yeah, wish the wishbone. Bone. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, Cody hits him in the head with an ax and then he reveals that he had as the uh, bigger part of the uh, wishbone. Right. I'm sure it kind of makes uh, her wish that Tate had gotten a bigger piece of the wishbone. But I don't know. <laughs> sure, he wished for something nice. Very but nice, yep. like a new pool or something. And that's kind of the end of it. That's the, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it was uh, probably the best Thanksgiving horror movie I've ever seen. I thought this was a rock solid horror movie. Yeah, I, I love the fun. build of it. I, I love it's an hour and 20 minutes. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel long. I do have some the problems with some of the shots. Okay. Um, you know, I get that it, it felt like maybe a little claustrophobic and you, that's the way you were supposed to feel. I didn't feel the claustrophobia until like they wooded everything up. 
And that's yeah, I, I yeah. think that's when they intentionally tried to do that. Sure. I just thought that that maybe it was a little lazy as far as what they were doing with the camera shots because it, it d- didn't happen through the rest of the movie. It was just that one just part that where all the neighbors that. were over. Sure. There. Well, yeah, they boarded up the windows on on the entire house. For they did some some reason that did make it a little more claustrophobic. I, I liked you know like I said I, I liked that they never really explain what these people were. It kind of leaves it up to you and you and and. Uh, you know, I, I think they, but they give you enough information that you can speculate on it and have kind of a good time thinking about about it yeah. without being like, well, what? This makes no sense now. You know, I, I mean, I like I like that part of about about it. Um, maybe they're like the ghosts of Thanksgiving, like there or something, uh, like demons, like you said. Who knows? I, I, it didn't need any more explaining than they gave it. I think they give us enough like information about who these people might be and what their motivations were that it's up to you to kind of decide. It kind of felt like if they would have tried to explain it, it would have cheapened it. And Absolutely. Made it less horrifying. Absolutely. Like if this guy is some serial killer who yeah. goes or something like, like killing families on things. LARPers. Right. Yeah, it just, you know, <laughs> this, this, this LARP went off the deep end yeah. and you know, well, well, here's yeah. the thing the is that at the, the beginning during that title sequence is that you saw that newspaper clipping. So, I mean, that, I mean, maybe you interpret it that way that, that yeah. you know, these are a group of people that just go around serial killing people during Thanksgiving. Right. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't read the whole thing. And it, I, I didn't want to rewind it because it didn't come out or it didn't come back to me until the end of the movie. And I'm like, OK, here right. we go. And I, and I think, it, you know, it's got like basically three lessons. Be careful what you wish for, you know, be, you know, appreciation and gratitude, which, you know, for in, in our society is is definitely lacking. People always want more, you know, yeah. so it's it's giving you a lesson about that. And then, you know, talking about kind of what the Native Americans went through when the pilgrims came here. They know? just took over. They took they engulfed right. every, your domicile, your exactly. Home. They took over yep. your house, kind of like this way what happened here mm-hmm. and then killed these people. So, yeah. you know, it, it was a that was it was a the allegory was good without hitting you over the head with it, I thought. Yeah. But also it, it in a in a way it never really I guess I guess a, one of the, one problem I had was that it never really did any of those things really really good either. It, it never really explained any of those lessons really fantastically, I guess. I I, I don't know. I, I guess it could have picked one and gone with it more than than just kind of what do you, lazily what do you doing by that. Well, I I I guess I it, it there were these three lessons in there and it was just kind of interspersed throughout it and it never really i don't really know what the uh the movie was trying to say i guess well, is, well, is, and is kind I, of where i'm I kind of with you on that because it yeah. never stuck the landing on exactly what they were trying to what the point of it is that's exactly what i'm um, trying to say like, yeah. like like it didn't stick it right there it's like okay i get it that's that's what it's about this yeah. is the allegory of of appreciate what you what you want because like to me there was no emotion at the end of it there was a satisfying ending of this guy being a, a jerk face and you know taking over your domicile but it, it, you know and that's when i got of you know we're going to do everything to protect our land or our home yeah. our space mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't really kind of stick it stick the landing that's that's exactly what the way i would say it does not stick the landing on any of these things and that's I don't know. I, that that's one the of my thing problems. That really, like they really did and just shoved in your face a lot was appreciate what you have. Sure, and and if that it, was it, if there were any of the three things they were talking about here, that they that's probably the one they did best. You know, the the but the the one character in there 
who really didn't appreciate anything he had was Shane, because you got the impression through uh, Cody's flashbacks that part of the reason why the mom left is because he was inattentive with her, yeah. mm-hmm. and because he's always checking his. Well, at least we see the adult Cody in that time period that he's always checking his uh, his uh, notepad thing, or yeah. whatever. Uh, for stock markets he's trying to make sure that the money is yeah right and so he like anna will ask him things he's like "Uh uh-huh 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 yeah well that's totally not appreciating his family but they also had Mm -hmm. they also had this kind of cool split screen when um finn got into cody's room and her and him are talking and there's like same kind of conversation going on between anna and shane yeah but it keeps split screening it you know he's looking at his phone he's like oh yeah and and Anna's telling Shane, listen to me. I, I'm trying to talk to you about this. I'm I, I want to have a relationship with Cody. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was their conversation. Yeah. So I, I thought that you're right. I mean, but that's that's kind of felt like he was the instigator. Like if he had been more attentive to the family, he could have helped navigate that relationship between Cody and Anna. Understood. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's yeah. what stuck with me is is you know, appreciate what you have. So that to me was that's what's yeah. like, okay, I got that. But right. the other, I, I agree with Andy. It didn't really stick because there were the three themes of this. Yeah. Right. So, right. Okay. We're, we're so. at fifty six minutes. <laughs> we, should yeah. probably, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I think this is a good thing. This is a great Thanksgiving horror movie. It's, no, it, it's, uh, it's probably the best Thanksgiving themed horror movie I've seen. Yes. Um, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it three stars. It's a, it's a good watch. It's fun, and and I think it's, it does have actually some good lessons in it. I like the acting as well. Go ahead. Yeah, I would uh, give it three stars. Uh, Ethan, pseudo uh, Sean Bean, uh, did a very good job playing a very creepy dude, but Patience, Jesus. <laughs> she was scary. Oh, get out. Oh, yeah, she was. I just, yeah. Uh, no, I, and this is like the first Thanksgiving horror film I've ever watched, and I would watch it again next year for Thanksgiving. I would, Absolutely. Yeah, I would too. I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Across the board, we're going three on Three this stars, one. yeah. If Solid you know, watch if you have Hulu. Yeah, if you want to appreciate and be grateful for this movie, watch Thanksgiving. <laughs> which we're going to do next week. Which we're going to do next week, and then watch this movie, and you will appreciate it. You'll appreciate, <laughs> I love what you did yes, there. You'll be very grateful I, I, for Into the Dark. Th- I love uh, what Pilgrim. you did there. Yeah. All right, we're, uh, we're at 57 <laughs> minutes. Everybody have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to episode number, number 37 of the Horror Foria podcast. Thank you oh, for, I'm Brad. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you for being Yeah, here. thanks for having me.